Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Giant Take Podcast, Giants versus Jets preview, Battle of New York. My name's Josh. My friend and co-host Alex is on the other side of the recording, staring at a brick blank wall I am. Um, so very entertaining there. Alex, how you doing, man? How's it going today on this Thursday evening? Right. I, I feel like I'm being attacked for my minimal recording space here, Josh. There's well, only so no many options. to see it unless they want to go on YouTube right now and watch our interview with Matt O'Leary. Which they should do and just ignore the blank wall in the background. Yes. Because you just want to see my awesome face. So uh, that's that's what everyone really wants to see. They're not they're not distracted by the wall. It's all it's all right here, Josh. But um, what I would say is I'm excited. <laughs> when he said it's wrong. all right here, he pointed to his face, by the way, for everyone listening. No. Um, it's a pretty great reenactment uh, that it should be shown on video at least some point in the near future. No, it's never going to be seen. Um, I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited for this week. Obviously, Jets-Giants, always a fun uh, matchup. We had one, what was it, maybe three, four years ago now? It's like every five years, maybe. It's every four very years. rare. Every four every years, four it years. It's very rare. Um, yeah, so it's a fun games. one. Uh, obviously, every year we have preseason against them, but not the same. Uh, you know, everyone full go, all the starters, um, not as much really um, from the Giants side because obviously of all the injuries, but still really excited uh, for this one. And, uh, you know, us living in, in Jersey and New York, obviously not as much for me here uh, up in Boston, but uh, there's always a fun little rivalry that goes along heading into this week and a little bit after this week. So hopefully the Giants can get it done in this one and, uh, uh, you know, kind of get their season back on track in quotes uh, and move up to three and five. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But what I can tell you right now is, like I said earlier, we have an interview with uh, Juts. Just I I messed it up throughout the interview, too. Just Jets podcast host Matt O'Leary. Uh, he also has a U- YouTube channel, um, which I'll plug. Uh, later in the episode when we interview him talks all jets a lot of jets he also talks islanders too um and we have an interview with him coming up for you in just a little bit helping to preview this one that was a that was a fun time so let's get into the news so we can get you closer to that mark Lewinsky was benched after an awful week one since being forced back into lineup because of injuries he has a 97 percent pass block win rate over the last three games that's ninth of 67 qualifying guards, guess who's dead last 67? Giants offensive lineman Marcus McKeithen. We'll head from that into Monday's news. Brian Dable didn't have any updates on Daniel Jones's health at that point. Presumably, that means he is not yet cleared contact. Uh, was not yet cleared for contact because of the neck injury. That was exactly true. He was not, and he still has not been. We'll get into that later. Oh, I forgot to look this guy's name up before we recorded. Wide receiver and special teams eighth ace Gunner. Olszewski, the greatest special teams name I've ever heard. By the way, Gunner, like yeah, special like, te- like it's amazing. Yeah, it really connects well. Uh, he signed with the Giants. Gunner did uh, to the Giants practice squad uh, and was a fir- he's a first team All Pro with the Patriots back in 2020. He was a first team. Uh, he could have an immediate spot for him as returner. Eric Gray left Sunday's game with a calf injury. On top of other struggles, Gunner has 75 career punt returns with the Patriots uh, and the Steelers average 12 yards per return. I think Gray's average yards per return was like three or something like that uh, this season. If he caught the ball. <laughs> right, because 
Ricky Eric Gray muffed his third punt of the season this past Sunday. Sterling Shepard then took his spot, fumbled the way of punt, then Darius Slayton finished the game uh, as a Giants punt returner. We're both assuming that Olszewski, that doesn't even sound right off the tongue, uh, will take a starting role this Sunday uh, for the Giants team. Also, for a familiar name, Alex's favorite, Deshaun Corbin is headed back to the New York Giants from the Carolina Panthers practice squad. How is he my favorite, Josh? How is he my favorite? Didn't you really like Deshaun Corbin? I kind of liked him, but like he was, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say he was my favorite. <laughs> All right. I guess not then. Alex is somewhat liked player, and Deshaun Corbin is back now with the Giants from the Panthers practice squad. We move to Tuesday's news. A veteran signing was made of outside linebacker Justin Hollins to the practice squad. Eric Gray and Matt Parrott went on the injured list and then claimed off waivers was a running back from Cleveland, Deion Jackson. Jackson, 24 years old, 5'11", 216-pound running back, third NFL season. He was formerly undrafted, spent two seasons with the Colts. This season played in two games with the Colts, was waived, then signed to the Browns practice squad and was added to the 53-man for the Browns for one game, then was waived on Monday. The Giants pick him up. We'll see if he makes an impact. And then I'll throw it to Alex as we're recording on Thursday night, so we have updates from Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and Alex will take over now. Yeah, just wanted to talk real quick about uh, uh, Justin Hollins. I actually really like that signing for the Giants. We've been weak at that outside linebacker spot. Uh, you know, especially with Azizo Jalari dealing with injuries, Jihad Ward is up there in age, uh, and Thibodeau has been playing a large majority of the snaps. So uh, getting Hollins in there, uh, if he's elevated this week against the Jets or just going forward, uh, I think he's a nice veteran signing, could bring some uh, good presence there on the edge. And then uh, Deion Jackson, I'm not really a huge fan of this signing, um, really was not great for the Colts or the Browns so far this season. Um, and I think... I don't know. He was kind of like a fantasy football waiver wire icon last year. I know he had like a few like amazing weeks. Um, but besides that, his actual production, uh, he's not been that great. So I'm a little surprised they went with him instead of maybe some other guys that are uh, on the free agent market, uh, you know, available instead of claiming off someone uh, off uh, off another team, I should say. So um, interesting that they went with him. Like you said, Josh, I will move on now to Wednesday. Brian Dable said that Daniel Jones is the same as last week at this point. No contact or team reps. He's feeling better, but they need to wait for clearance from the doctors. Jones said he's feeling better and continuing to improve and that there's a fair amount of treatment. It's just about passing the test to see that he's ready. Uh, and he said, I feel a lot better. Andrew Thomas practiced in a, lim a limited capacity on Wednesday, as I will discuss in the injury report. Uh, on Thursday, he actually did a little bit more. Uh, Daniel Jones was also limited, still not cleared for contact, and is kind of trending, unlikely to play on Sunday. All right, I kind of hinted at it over the past couple of minutes. Injury report time. It's not as bad this week. I won't need to gasp for air after, hopefully, uh, even though the Jets kind of have a lengthy one too, so we'll have to wait and see. But starting with Gary Brightwell, he did not practice either day. Uh, he has a hamstring injury. Leonard Williams had a rest day on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday. Limited participants uh, for both days were Saquon Barkley with his elbow. Uh, Graham Gano was limited uh, with a left knee injury on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. Dory Jackson with his neck injury was limited both days. Jones with his neck injury was limited both days. Evan Neal with the ankle limited both days. JMS with the shoulder limited both days. 
Kayvon Thibodeau with a knee injury limited both days. Andrew Thomas with his hamstring was limited both days. Darren Waller was limited with a hamstring both days. Uh, and Dexter Lawrence got a rest day on Thursday. Now moving to the New York Jets. Randall Cobb uh, has a shoulder injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was limited Thursday. Uh, Joe Tipman, or as I famously called him, Joe Tipperman, uh, has a quad injury. Uh, and I he did. did not practice either day. No, you called him. Forget it. I just assumed I messed up the name because I you, was messed you up. You did it as a joke originally, and then like it was a joke off air, and then we actually hopped on the podcast. And because you said it so frequently, I ended up saying it, and then I looked dumb for it, even though you you said it always. See, then okay, you so that's it. why I remembered it wrong. All right, yeah. Um, Makai Becton uh, with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday. Was full participant on Thursday. Uh, Michael Carter, the corner. Uh, had a hamstring injury. He is limited both days. Um, Irvin Charles, wide receiver, has a shoulder injury. He was limited both days. Michael Clemens with an ankle was a full participant both days. Brandon Eccles, uh, hamstring, full participant both days. Sauce Gardner, concussion, full participant both days. Jermaine Johnson with a foot, full participant both days. And DJ Reed with a concussion, full participant full days, uh, both days. Jets, why are you putting all these guys in the injury report if they are practicing both days in full? You're just wasting my time. Please don't do that anymore. Thank you. And with that injury report being done, uh, we're going to... Oh, Alex, wait, how do we how do we go about this? I guess we can just go straight into uh, the NFL picks, which we'll do right now. Both of us had five and seven days, or weeks, I should say. It was a very rough, very rough week last week. Uh, when it comes to records, both losing records. First time this season that we made it seven weeks, um, or I guess six weeks without a losing record. Week seven was pretty poor, though. Uh, and we share the record at five and seven, which means still haven't won yet. I don't think I've won a week yet. So we're going to have to change that for the second half of the season. Uh, Alex, let's go and start out with the uh, Thursday night football game, which we're recording a couple hours before. So no, we didn't have any spoilers here. Uh, and then the Sunday one o'clocks as well. All right, Buccaneers-Bills on Thursday night. Uh, guess kind of an interesting matchup. Kind of intrigued to see how that game goes. Uh, we both have the Bills. Jags-Steelers, we both have the Jags. Eagles-Commanders, we both have the Eagles. Cowboys-Rams, we both have the Cowboys. Vikings-Packers, uh, we both have the Vikings. Falcons-Titans, we both have the Falcons. Dolphins and Patriots, we both have the Dolphins. Uh, Saints-Colts, I'm going with the Colts. Josh has the Saints. Texans-Panthers, we both have the Texans and moving on now to the four o'clock window we start off with Seahawks Browns Alex going with the Seahawks I'm sticking uh with the Browns the away team there Bengals 49ers next one both of the 49ers winning that game Chiefs versus Broncos probably going to be the blowout of the week I assume just any team that faces the Broncos that isn't even close to the same level as them you just assume blowout so that's what I'm assuming there uh with the Chiefs win we both have that I think I said that already Ravens, Cardinals, both have the Ravens winning that game. Sunday Night Football is Bears-Chargers this week. For some reason, the Bears now, without Justin Fields, look like a very dominant offense. I don't know what happened. So this game could be closer than people think. However, we still have the majority of what the people are selecting. We're part of that with uh, the Chargers winning that game. We, we say that. And then Raiders versus Lions, another good game on Monday Night Football. We both have the Lions winning that one. Good game. I don't know about Good that. Good game and where it could be competitive, yes. You think? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be close. but Okay. Well, we both have the Lions winning that game, and we <laughs> move from our NFL picks 
to our players to watch for the Giants and the Jets. I'll start out with my Jets player to watch, Brees Hall. A threat in the running game, also a threat in the passing game. Put up almost 200 yards a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago now, against the Broncos. Um, I know, that, like I just said, the Broncos' defense is atrocious. Brees Hall is still up and you don't want to mess with, and if the Giants mess with, mess with him, uh, he will make them pay dividends. So we'll have to wait and see. And then my Giants player to watch, Deontay Banks. He's going to be versing Garrett Wilson this week. How is he going to face off against him? How is he going to match up? Played really well against Terry McLaurin in the second half. Yes, I know Terry McLaurin got a good amount of yards then. Uh, but in the first half, he was very dominant, had a very crucial interception to the Giants win. So again, my players to watch for the Jets, Brees Hall for the Giants, Deontay Banks. All right, I've got, uh, starting with the Jets here, we talked a little bit about this in the interview, uh, so, so stay tuned for that. But Quinnen Williams, uh, we were talking a little bit about him and Dexter Lawrence uh, against this makeshift Giants offensive line, especially in the interior. Uh, I think he's going to eat them apart, uh, break them apart, whatever you, whatever verb, adjective you want to use. Um, and I think he's going to be very dominant on Sunday. And then for the Giants, uh, kind of the obvious one here, I guess, uh, Jalen Hyatt. We obviously saw a little bit of that uh, rivalry between him and Sauce Gardner in preseason. See how that elevates uh, in the real deal here in week, what is it, week seven, uh, week eight of the NFL season. So, uh, yeah, excited to see how those two guys go at it. And then for my score prediction, it's two bad offenses, two pretty good defenses. I'm going with a 13-10 Jets win. The Giants have still not showed me enough for me to pick them as of right now. If they win this one, maybe I'll start going back and picking them to win again. Uh, but yeah, 13-10 Jets. And uh, Josh kind of has a high-scoring one after me. I don't know what, what kind of offensive firepower he's predicting, but uh, I hope we see it not for them, but for us. Alex, do you remember what I said at the uh, the score prediction last episode against the Commanders last week? I do not remember, actually. Well, it's not surprising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said last week... Unwarranted that- stray. I mean, I feel like I've done this at least three times this season. Do you remember what I, and you were like, no, memory of a goldfish, we, we know. But uh, what I will say here is that I said last week, I will not have the Giants scoring a touchdown until they actually show me that they can score a touchdown. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Oh, yeah, sparked a memory in his mind. Look at that. Look at that. The Giants did indeed score a touchdown. They scored two. Pretty crazy stuff last week. So, since I did that, I have a touchdown in my score prediction for the New York Giants. However, it's still a loss. 24-10 Giants lose to the New York Jets. Um, The offense that you're saying, Alex, that it's kind of non-existent for this Jets team, if they're able to put up that many points against the Eagles, they should easily be able to do it against the New York Giants, and that's why I have that there. Um, But I did live up to my my promise, and I promise that if the Giants score a touchdown, I'll put a touchdown in the score prediction, uh, and that's exactly what I have. Alex, anything else you have to say? I don't think so. No, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> All right, I'll plug it up real quick. The Giant Take Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshJello29. Um, plugs a little bit earlier here because right after this break, we're going to send it to our interview with Matt O'Leary. Enjoy. We are back now with a very special returning guest who joined us a few years ago, and we're happy he can join us again. He is the host of the Just Jets podcast, 
uh, YouTube channel as well with a bunch of Jets content on there, along with the podcast episodes. It's Matt O'Leary on there. And also, for any of you Islander fans out there like me, uh, Up the Turnpike is the Isles podcast. He's a host of as well. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. We thank you for joining us, and we're excited to to get into this Giants-Jets rivalry. We, we talked about it in our, you know, we do two episodes a week. We do the the recap and then the preview, and then in our recap episode uh, this past week against the Commanders, we talked about how the biggest rivalry in all of New York sports, while the Buffalo Bills just kind of sit in upstate New York, they're just sitting there like, you know, I mean, yeah, because... I'm sure whoever whoever's team ends up winning this game, all those fans will be like, we were the king of New York when it comes to football. And then the Bills are just up there like, I think you forgot about us, guys. Uh, but uh, I guess I kind of want to first ask your Jets fan experience. I don't even know if this is a question. I, I guess I'm just asking for a summary from your experience this season. You have Aaron Rodgers heading out just a few plays into the first game. And then it's like, oh, shoot, wait, Zach Wilson is going to lead us to the promised land here. He's balling out. Uh, like we might have a playoff bound team and Aaron Rodgers is a superhuman. He's going to come back by the wild card game and we'll be all good. And Super Bowl, here we come. Uh, well, what's going on right now in, in your head when it comes to this jet season? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a major surprise when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four games in and then you're right back to the Zach Wilson train, which is something that I thought would be over with after 2022. But I think we got to give Zach some credit here. He's played pretty well the last few weeks and is trending in the right direction. But yeah, with this run game and this defense, the the Jets are going to be competitive the rest of the way. And, you know, you're kind of just hoping that they could end this uh, long playoff drought. It's been a long time now since they've uh, last made the playoffs in 2010. And, you know, I think they have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way. So it starts this week against the Giants. You know, you can't overlook the Giants. And, uh, you know, you just got to take care of business and hopefully take it one game at a time. Yeah, I feel like it's funny now, right? You know, last season, obviously, the Giants had a kind of surprising year and the fact that they made the playoffs, they won a playoff game. And then obviously this season for us has been rough, I'm sure, as you know. Uh, and then the Jets, obviously, coming into the season, the expectations were so high. They're going to make the playoffs, Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers. And now uh, both teams are really down to earth, um, you know, after, after you know, what is it, six games, seven games in now. So it's uh, it, it's an interesting uh, dynamic how New York sports kind of just always uh, you know floats back there's all this excitement anticipation and it always comes back down to reality but uh, what I would say for the Jets how do you see them because you mentioned the Jets defense right the Giants at this moment and Jets kind of are in a similar uh, way right the Giants offense really can't get going the Jets offense really can't get going in some aspects um, for us it's a lot of the offensive line for you you know, quite a bit of quarterback play, obviously, uh, a little bit of quarterback play for us, too, as we've seen. Um, but how do you anticipate, like, how do you compare these two offenses uh, when you're looking at them, especially for this game and just going forward? Yeah, I think both these offenses are pretty similar, actually, in that they're going to rely on their star running back, right? Like the Giants have Saquon Barkley. They brought him back this year. And, you know, the offense kind of goes as he goes. And it was kind of obvious to me that they they missed him the last few weeks before he made his return. And, you know, I, I think with the Jets and Brees Hall, they are, you know, a much better team when they get Brees Hall going. And uh, I think, you know, the Giants are more than likely going to be starting Tyrod Taylor and the Jets are, are starting their backup quarterback now and Zach Wilson. They're kind of just going to ask them not to lose the game. It's going to be a lot of simple things, a lot of easy reads. And, 
you know, it's not going to be a high-flying offense, but both teams are going to try to establish the run. And uh, pass protect might might be tough, too, because you have, you know, uh, on both sides here, the, the Jets' defensive lines, you know, one of the best, and the Giants' defensive lines really come alive the last two weeks, uh, you know, holding uh, their opponent to seven points and 14 points the last two weeks. So um, I, I think this game projects to be a, a defensive battle, and I think it's going to be a tough day for both up. Um, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Go to the O-line talk now. The Giants, um, the past let's just say, at least 10 years have struggled on the offensive line. And this season, it's a lot similar, uh, except with one difference, and that's injuries really keeping them out. It's more like the past few years, it's been just poor offensive lineman play. Uh, but this year, the the injuries have really struck the Giants hard. I could definitely say that. And Andrew Thomas, especially uh, being that top offensive tackle for the team, not being in the past few weeks. So with that being said, the biggest weakness for the Giants being the offensive line what Jets defensive lineman do you think could make a big impact on Sunday and kind of break through these backups? If not, we're seeing some third strings uh, this season as well. It's been pretty rough uh, for us Giants fans. So so what Jets defensive linemen are going to stand out on Sunday, you think? Yeah, so the Jets like to rotate their guys heavy, but the guy who's really jumped out ever since he got a bigger role in the last three weeks has been Bryce Huff. Just his speed off the edge uh, is really, really impressive. And Jeff fans have been asking for uh, the Jets to play him more for for years, it feels like, because he was one of the better situational pass rushers in, in football. And, you know, really for the last few weeks, he's gotten to play, you know, closer to 50% of the snaps. And uh, he's taken advantage of that opportunity. His pressure numbers go up each and every week. And, you know, if Andrew Thomas is out, that's, that's a huge deal for that Giants offensive line. I think, you know, he's a stellar left tackle when he's in there, but, you know, no, no Thomas, no Neil. And, uh, you know, pr- from there, I think, you know, dealing with some backup tackles against someone with that kind of speed coming off the edge, that could be a mismatch. Yeah, especially if we see someone like Justin Pugh, who's straight off the couch um, playing left tackle, it's going to be it's going to be rough for the Giants, I think. And even if Evan Neal, uh, for example, comes back, right, we've seen his issues dealing with pass rushers who really have a lot of speed. And like you mentioned, Huff is just one of the quickest uh, pass rushers off the edge. And I think an, another guy that you, you know, you haven't mentioned, I think he's the obvious name, but Quinn Williams, uh, you know, he's dominant. I think the kind of fun battle, obviously, there's this kind of rivalry between him and Dexter Lawrence, between Jets and Giants fans, uh, kind of see who can make a bigger impact in uh, in this one, I think is going to be a fun one. How do you compare those two players when you look at Dexter Lawrence, when you look at Quinn and Williams? I know Giants fans, of course, are going to claim that one's way better than the other. Uh, Jets fans are going to have their side. How do you compare the two players? Uh, similarities differences yeah I think both players are really special you know I I wish we could live in a world where we both could just enjoy like hey like this guy yes he's on the Giants he's amazing and this guy he's on the Jets he's also really good um yeah they're gonna get compared and brought up a lot same draft class and yeah I think both are you know one of the better young interior pass rushers in the game I mean they they both got contract extensions big contract extensions this offseason and and for good reason um, you know, they, they really impact that defensive line and wreak some havoc from the interior. You know, that's, they both, when you look at the pressure numbers, they're both always going to be towards the top. And yeah, I think they're very similar players. I, I really do. And I think they're both, you know, top, probably top five at their position. And, you know, they're both really, really special. I expect both to have an impact on Sunday as well. Seems like we're leaning again towards another Tyrod Taylor star, which isn't the worst thing uh, for us because Daniel Jones, um, he has been out. Obviously, you don't want to rush him back with the with the injury. And 
if he gets injured again and re-aggravates the neck, it's it just a problem. And Tyrod Taylor has him pretty good in his starts the past few weeks. I want to ask you now, with his mobile ability, what is Rob Sala? Maybe more importantly, this is for Jeff Ulbrich. What do you think he's going to dial up? Is, are we thinking of like a QB spy? Uh, how is he going to handle the Tyrod, you know, rushing with Tyrod's passing ability as well? Yeah, um, I'm really curious to see this matchup, you know, and I, I have a lot of respect for Tyrod Taylor. He's someone that the Jets saw a lot in Buffalo, and I think he's a pretty good spot starter uh, and, and high-end backup quarterback. He could throw the deep ball a little bit, and while Jones is a better uh, runner once he gets going, I like how shifty Tyrod Taylor is, so I think that's going to be tough. I would imagine that they're going to use a spy. Um, they did that in the second half against the Broncos with Russell Wilson. Um, and I would think that either their safety, Tony Adams is going to do it, or they actually use Bryce Huff, uh, to do it both against, uh, the Broncos and the Eagles before the bye week. So, uh, I definitely think a spy is necessary and something that's going to come into play in this game. Uh, but if you're going to implement the spy, you got to be able to cover because that's one less guy who's rushing the passer. And, you know, hopefully for, for the jet side of things, they're getting DJ Reed and sauce Gardner back because I think that would make a big difference for their secondary. Yeah, um, I, you mentioned the uh, return of Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. Obviously, we had the preseason game. We saw the little back and forth of Jalen Hyatt and Sauce Gardner. Not that I'm anticipating them being matched up a lot uh, in this one because, you know, Hyatt is more at this point not playing, you know, every snap. He is growing in role, obviously, each and every week. But how do you see that dynamic? Obviously, Sauce is a, a, a kind of, I'll just say he's a dynamic personality. Jalen Hyatt obviously has a bit of personality, too. Uh, how do you anticipate? What are you looking forward to in that matchup? Yeah, I think that was the most clipped and complete pass I've, I've ever seen. But it, it was a it was a yeah. nice route. It was, uh, and I like Jalen High a lot coming out of the draft. I think the Giants got really good value when where, where they took him. Um, with the Jets in particular, uh, with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, they they don't have their corners travel with a wide receiver. They each kind of play their own individual side. Um, so it's not necessarily like there, it's going to be one of those guys matched up against Hyatt or whichever wide receiver for the entirety of the game. But I would think they're going to get some matchups together and he, he's got a ton of speed. He separates well. Um, and sauce Gardner is going to have to keep up with them. He has the, the length, uh, to do it. And, you know, we, we've seen him, you know, shut down guys in the past. So I think it's going to be a good matchup. And then just before the bye week obviously the win against the Philadelphia Eagles, which got everyone in New York hyped up. Not just Jets fans, but Giants fans as well. Um, I just kind of want to talk to you about, obviously, we all watch the game, but from your perspective of what this big key to victory was uh, for the New York Jets, was it just simply uh, amazing defensive you know, display? Or, or were there any things that, you know, as a Giants fan looking in from the outside that you're like, oh, wow, like this guy who's kind of been underrated for this team, now everyone was able to watch him kind of click into the system uh, that we might have not noticed. Yeah, I think the biggest thing in that game was just creating turnovers, which is something this Jets defense, uh, they were great last year, but an area where they could have improved was the turnover department. And they've been able to do it pretty well against uh, Josh Allen in week one, Patrick Mahomes in week four, and then again against uh, Jalen Hurts uh, right before the bye week. I think that really played a big factor in it. Uh, and honestly, a lot of it has to do with the pressure that the Jets get on the quarterback. They force these quarterbacks into mistakes. Uh, and they have the secondary in order to make the plays. But I'm going to go back to the defensive line. I think with you know the speed off the edge with Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson, a second-year player, is really starting to come along now um, the last few weeks. And 
you know, we know about the guys on the interior. They're just uh, a really deep unit. And I think the the pressure that they establish on opposing quarterbacks kind of forces them into mistakes. And, you know, on the offense, it's kind of like, just don't make a mistake. And they didn't score a ton. They had to settle for a lot of field goals, which is frustrating. But um, the defense was just so lights out that it didn't matter. This isn't really related, I guess, to this game specifically, but more long-term outlook for the Jets. You know, we've seen teams that, you know, even the Jets in recent years have been a prime example of this, that you have a really, really strong defense and that can win you, you know, a string of games, right? But when it comes down to it, you know, week by week, every week consistency, your defense can't always step up to that level that they can win you football games consistently. How do you think the Jets deal with that this year? Like, do is Zach Wilson going to be able like to operate well enough that the Jets can actually make some sort of run? Are you just hoping that Aaron Rodgers makes a miracle return? Like, what's your outlook on that? Um, because, you know, I, I've seen a lot of different perspective from uh, perspectives from Jets fans on Twitter about this. Yeah, that's a totally fair um, question and point to bring up because, you know, you're right. Like, you can't be the last two weeks, they're one for nine in the red zone and getting and converting on touchdowns, which, which isn't good enough. Uh, and it's probably not, you know, sustainable to continue to play at that level. But like comparing just last year to this year, Zach Wilson is much better in a, a lot of key categories. And I'm not saying like he's the the savior, he's the future of the franchise, but he went from someone who was legitimately unplayable last year to like, I don't know, maybe the 24th best quarterback in the league, which is a massive, massive step forward for him, as, as sad as that might be. His turnover-worthy plays are way, way down while under pressure this year. Uh, he was dead last in turnover-worthy play percentage last year while facing pressure. He was dead last in adjusted completion percentage while facing uh, pressure. And this year, he's top 10 in both. And, you know, that's not, again, saying that he's a top 10 quarterback, but it seems like he's able to handle the rush a little bit better and avoid that back-breaking mistake. There are going to be games where he's going to have to air it out and throw it a little bit more. Um, and I don't think that's, you know, the the long-term, you know, successful plan. The Jets want to play defense and run the ball, but uh, I think Zach showed uh, in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs that, you know, he can he can hold his own when he has to throw a little bit. So um, I think there is hope that this year will be uh, a little bit different with him uh, as compared to his first two years in the league. Uh, I, I want to get serious for a second because I was joking about the Aaron Rodgers thing earlier, and uh, I know you've talked about it in your YouTube videos and on the podcast before, but I... I do want to say, like, with all the shenanigans that that guy brings to the team, you know, when the Jets brought him in and, and stuff like that with the, you know, the chambers and the darkness and now the superhuman scientist type of recovery here, uh, you know, getting uh, his training done, going on the Pat McAfee show with the, the Pfizer, Travis Kelsey digs, all that stuff. Fine. Still to you, you know, as him being your franchise quarterback for at least the near future, we're hoping for the next couple of years however long he can still sling it and do it successfully we'll see what happens coming off the injury you know just bring all that in you know what was your mindset during the offseason you know coming in with with all the stuff and and now still like do you defend with your life Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback oh absolutely yeah I think um something that I've been really impressed with with him and I wasn't necessarily um expecting this because everything that you heard coming out of green bay was he's kind of a loner he doesn't like assimilate himself with the team or the young guys and ever since he's come in he's really done a good job of 
you know, taking some of the young guys under his wing. And, you know, the, the obvious one is Zach Wilson, right, in the quarterback room. Everyone's going to point to that one. But he has a really good relationship with Mekhi Becton, the offensive lineman, and, you know, Sauce Gardner on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, for, for me, I think it, you know, speaks volumes to him wanting to get back and play with this team and he talks about how much he, he misses the guys um you know when he's you know out recovering and he still talks on the phone with zach every day he's zooming into meetings and you know all this stuff and I, I really do think uh the players look up to him and respect him um a lot like his presence there i think you know has had a positive impact not just on zach wilson but on, on the on the team itself um i've been impressed with his you know leadership abilities because like i said that was kind of something that um, a lot of people questions in Green Bay, but I think there's, you know, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's a little bit motivated to prove people wrong. And I'm all about that. I, I like it. All right. To wrap things up here, uh, you mentioned a couple of these injuries, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner. What are like besides those guys, what are some of are there anybody like Friday, whatever it is, Friday, 4 p.m. when that injury report comes out? Who are you going to be keeping an eye on for the Jets? Yeah, so uh, Joe Timmons, another big one. Um, he's the rookie. He was drafted as a center, but has been playing right guard and playing really well. Uh, he got hurt in that Eagles game. And initially, when Robert Sala spoke after the game, it, it sounded like it was going to be something that was long term. Uh, but earlier in the week, he seemed optimistic that, uh, you know, maybe it's not going to be uh, something where he's able he's missing time. He hasn't practiced yet this week. So I personally would be surprised if he played in this game against the Giants. Uh, which would mean that Wes Schweitzer would get the start at right guard. Uh, and to me, that's a, that's a massive difference going from uh, Joe Tidman, who's been really, really solid in both pass pro and run blocking um, on an offensive line where you already lost Elijah Barrett Tucker for the season. So um, I'm definitely keeping a close eye on that and and seeing what his status is uh, for Sunday. Uh, Joe Tidman, so funny, like someone also. The Giants were looking to draft uh, as well. At Matt O'Leary, NY on Twitter, YouTube, Judge Jess podcast, uh, up the turnpike for the Islanders. We thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully when this episode gets released tomorrow, it's after uh, an Isles win tonight. So uh, thanks so much, Matt. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. Really appreciate it.